Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. And I'm Colin. Notch is away. This week, we bring you the curious case of Ismaila Jome, the assassination of Everton by the coward Ronald Koeman, and Inglorious Dortmund. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Colin O'Donnell after his first ever game of FIFA 18. Colin, how'd you do? I'm not sure if I should say. <laughs> um, it was a 1-0 to the Arsenal against Minnesota United. Tough game, though. Yeah. Um, very, very uh, spirited performance by the United defense in the first half. They promptly let in an Alexis Sanchez goal seconds into the second half, I think would be the best way to put it. <laughs> in true Minnesota fashion, they defended well to give all the fans hope and then immediately conceded crushing <laughs> crushing defeat um i will say i think i hit the woodwork three times yeah it was about three times yeah yeah so that should have been a lot worse <laughs> of a score line but hey minnesota played well def- oh bobby played well defensively yeah bobby played great defensively <laughs> they started jome which kind of ties into our <laughs> first bit of news yeah yeah we'll we'll why don't we just, um, well, first off, we should also mention Notch is unfortunately not with us this week. He is still recovering from what I believe to be the plague and slash or consumption. So send all of your Civil War era hospital <laughs> photos. Send them his way. Um, make sure to note that you are the one looking very concerned for him. And I'm sure that he will appreciate it. Maybe. So with that, let's go into our first segment. We always start out with a segment called Loon Monitoring. In the Loon Monitoring segment, we talk about Minnesota United FC, our loons, and, and we have time, to talk about some departures. Yeah, our departing loons. Um, kind of not surprisingly, um, not too many shots on this list, would you say? No, no, not so much. Yeah, um, uh, Justin Davis, Kevin Vanegas, the first and third on the list of all-time Appearances for Minnesota United are on their way out. Um, never really got into the team consistently enough to stay, really. Right. Um, Justin Davis started out as something of a only choice left back, I guess. Uh, pretty quickly fell out of Adrian Heath's favor. I think maybe a little unfairly. I'll, I'll throw that out. Yeah. Um, he had that red card in his Colorado, and I don't think he played again. Um, if, tweet at me if I'm wrong, but I know he played at least in the U.S. Open Cup, but I'm right. not sure about MLS. Right? Uh, I know he got MLS minutes. I'm just not sure if he got any starting time at all. Uh, Kevin Venegas was kind of in the same boat. Um, very little opportunity at the start of the season. They brought in Jerry Tiasone ahead of him in, in his position, so. And when Jermaine Taylor is starting in front of you to start the season off, you're not going to be starting too many games in MLS. No, no, unfortunately not. Um, favorite memories of those guys? Because, um, I mean, you are talking about two guys that really were at the bedrock of Minnesota throughout the NASL days. I'm I'm definitely going to miss them both as individuals as players as well, I thought there was a little bit more hope for them. Um, 
Yeah, Justin Davis scored against Swansea. Let's never forget that. Never, never forget <laughs> um, that. That's, that was my first game. That was the first goal that I saw, first Minnesota goal that I saw, and Justin Davis scored against the Premier League team, so that's awesome. Um, Viva, I think just him marauding up and down the pitch, like a bat out of hell for 90 minutes every game was just a sight to see. Um, he bought me a beer once. <laughs> really? Yes. That's yes. Awesome. Um, wait, wait, wait. Can we say this on the podcast? Is that okay? Oh, yeah. It, okay, it's good. surprisingly safe for the podcast. Um, so <clears throat> there was a Dark Clouds event at a Twins game, I believe. I'm trying to think of what year that was. I think it was at the start of the 2016 season. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we we're uh, making fun of Lance Lang. So... <laughs> Nobody nobody knew what his birthday was, so every single day was Lance Lang's birthday. Anywho, oh, okay. so think about the <clears throat> fifth inning. A bunch of us went up for beers, and just out of nowhere, Kevin Venegas pulls out his credit card. He's like, no, 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 I got this. Like, 12 of us. <laughs> at a <laughs> Twins game? At a Twins game. That's like $3,000. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sure that he wrote it off on his taxes later. <laughs> but it, I will never forget that. It, it just... Every single time I ran into those guys, they were upstanding gentlemen. Um, definitely going to miss them. Yeah, and while we're sad to see them go, it is best for their career to get some playing time and right, yeah, keep this whole soccer professional career going. I think it was it was on one of Jeff Reader's periscopes. I think that he let slip that there was some sort of overtures from a not-surprising NASL team sometime during this year, uh, basically to bring both Davis and Venegas. It never materialized for whatever reason. Unfortunately for them, um, it would have probably helped out their CV if they got some more playing time this year. But whichever second league is in the U.S., and we'll talk about that in a little bit too, um, whichever one ends up popping up, both of those guys should be snapped up by one of those teams right away, and I would not at all be surprised if they get best 11 shouts. Yeah, these are guys who are best in second division for a while, and recently too. Um, yeah, I, they shouldn't find, have any trouble finding a landing spot. Yep. Other guys that were uh, released on option decline day... Um, Ish Jome and Bernardo Anior both were um, holdovers from the NASL days. Ish Jome definitely got a lot more playing time than we expected him to this year. Yeah, um, almost by, by necessity. Somewhat, yeah. When Mark Birch went down, it was basically an opportunity to see what Jome had as a left back, but also as kind of a, a more offensively minded one. The results varied. Yeah, but... he a lot of, a lot of uh, players have up and down like runs of form during like a season. He had a ups and down run of form during a a, a game. Exactly. Um, but um, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed in this one just because he's young. I'd see him be loaned out to some development. I mean, he's only 22. I think. No, he's like 24. I think. I. Mm, we'll chat at the break. Yeah, but we'll, we'll check that. Sure but I, I know that Ish <clears throat> Jome is older than everybody thinks, but he's also somebody that hasn't really had that much in terms of development time. Right. So, you know, he's someone that I think, you know, can latch on with like a USL team 
get some quality minutes and, you know, probably carve out a nice career for himself. Um, Bernardo on your, we hardly knew ye. Um, our RIP is like, I'm, I'm sure it's dead by now. Yeah. Um, in, in all seriousness, I, I hope that the guy is able to play again, yeah. but at this point, uh, that's a question mark. Um, newer additions to the team, uh, Patrick McLean is leaving at the end of his contract, and they have Jermaine Taylor, Joe Greenspan, and Thomas DeVillardi all have their options declined. Um, Joe Greenspan out of that list, I think, is the most surprising one. With his health issues, especially three head injuries in one season, it's not too surprising. But the fact that they played him in the last home game of the year, I thought maybe that meant he was there to bring him back. But... I mean, he has to look at, you know, he had three concussions in one season to see where he has to go from here. And I think the other aspect of it is that he was somewhat <clears throat> exposed as a MLS player. He definitely does need to be getting regular minutes. The question is, is he fully ready to be getting that level of competition beyond USL? He seems like he's outgrown that, but he also hasn't shown that he can pull it off at MLS level. I don't know if there's a longer-term future for him at the top league, but he's another guy that could go into USL and have a, a solid career for you know, six, seven years, so long as he stays healthy. Yeah, when he was at Pittsburgh, he got team of the week a few times while he was there. Exactly, yeah. Um, Brendan, um, Brendan Allen uh, returned to Red Bull. And then we hardly knew him. I think he was also released by them. He was <laughs> indeed. Like the same day. Yeah, and, um, his option was <clears throat> declined. Um, options were picked up on Bobby Shuttleworth, Alex Cap, Ibsen, Brent Coleman, Colin Martin, and Johan Venegas. Um, the biggest talking point out of those seems to be Johan Venegas. Yeah, um, he's <clears throat> he's still an MLS asset. I think some teams could look at him and say we could fit him to our system. I'm just going to throw a fake he's, trade he's, out Yeah, there. trade. Trade. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's highly likely that Johan Venegas gets traded, assuming that he's just not in the plans for Adrian Heath next year. Um, <clears throat> San Jose would be a good spot for him, um, given the fact that they've got Marco Arania, his fellow attacker in the Costa Rican side. I think it would just... It would make sense for him as a landing spot. Regardless, he's he's the sort of like bring him off the bench spark for you know maybe a goal every three or four games type of player. Um, it's it's also gonna probably make him look pretty good when he comes off the bench in Russia for Costa Rica. Just saying. With that, since there's not that much loon monitoring news, uh, let us move into our very next segment. The Major Listening Service. In the Major Listening Service segment, we cover the latest news from Major League Soccer. And a couple of games, also more um, people getting their, leaving their clubs. But let's start with the games. Does a certain legs, one of them might be going on or has happened since you... Chances are chances that are. by the time that Notch gets around to editing this... Uh, you will have already seen at least one first leg. Maybe or two. Or second leg, possibly. Um, but those first legs, 
Columbus and Toronto FC. Just yawn. Yeah. I, it was so boring. It was, a, <laughs> it was so boring. Totally garbage game. Um, the big talking point out of this one was how many people were booing Michael Bradley. Yeah. Um, Michael Bradley said some things. We don't need to get too much into it here, really. Well, I th- if I remember right, I thought those things that he was saying were actually after the game. They were after the game. Yeah. Um, during the game, he was getting roundly booed, as he has been in any United States stadium since the <laughs> U.S. bombed out of the World Cup. Um, my thoughts on this, he's not the reason that they played so poorly. He actually did reasonably well against Trinidad and Tobago. It's not his fault he was the lone holding midfielder. Exactly. Don't blame Michael Bradley for all of these problems. Go ahead and blame, like, if Bruce Arena ever coaches again in MLS, go ahead and boo him lustily. Or when he's on camera for Fox. Boo the TV you're watching. Shoot the TV that you're watching. Don't shoot the TV that you're watching. That's just much of TV. You don't want to waste, you know, all that money. I mean, just go back in time. Like, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Hell, it's probably going to get cheaper before Christmas anyway. (laughs) Go ahead and shoot the TV. Uh, Houston hosted Seattle and promptly lost 2-0 to Uh, the Sounders. Svensson scored. I didn't see it. Did you see it? I saw the celebration of it because I was flipping over from a terrible, terrible (laughs) Eastern Conference first leg. And already it was 15 minutes into the game, and literally the second that I clicked enter on my tv that's when gustav Svensson was celebrating the goal that good job st- MLS. stagger your game is good better job. good but also, job also Svensson coming off a world cup uh qualification. qualification with sweden really in good form for his country and now his club yep uh jaleel anibaba <clears throat> is going to miss the second leg um after getting a dog so a red card nicola dero though Unable to convert the penalty because Joe Willis was fantastic for that second. <laughs> yeah. Um, right before halftime, Willis concedes to Will Bruin. Um, from there, Seattle kind of coasted. Yeah. He's going to try to def- stop the bleeding uh, and then 2 nothing. Yeah. Um, predictions that are likely going to be out of date by the time <laughs> that people hear this. I mean, if, if, if they're true, yeah. no, this was recorded on Tuesday. Just know that, listener. Yes. So um, enjoy us sounding really, really stupid here. To really outlandish. I claims. am. I am going to guess that Toronto kills the crew seven four. Um, Alex Bono is going to be decapitated during the game. <laughs> it's going to throw their d- defense into complete shambles, but. Um, it is going to inspire the offense to greater heights than they have ever known. Um, Seattle's going to win 2-0 again. Yeah. Um, I think as much as I want the crew to win, I don't think they will. Um, it's, Michael, not gonna Michael, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Michael Bradley scores an Ovech trick, which is uh, eight goals at noon after Alex Ovechkin. Um, in one game, and then there's double birds to all the booing fans. 
and Americans. Then he then he then in post game he switches allegiances to Canada. Um, Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> then Houston, Seattle, uh, Dempsey stores a bicycle kick from the sideline. Bicycle kick Olympico. How about yeah, that? A bicycle kick Olympico. He, yeah. Like, Even though it's impossible, like mechanically. No, no, no. He he flips or like he kicks he it to you himself. Can't pass it to yourself. You can't pass it. Oh, well, that'd be just, like pass out to someone short, and they'd flip it up for you, and then you do it. Yeah, there okay. we go. Yeah, there, there we, we go. go. Cool. But it's still not enough as Marcus Beasley goes back in time, finds a young, his young, a younger version of himself, and he scores seven goals. I don't think he really needs to. The man is timeless. Um, speaking of Clint Dempsey, um, awards were given out over the last couple of weeks. Clint Dempsey, surprise, surprise, was named Comeback Player of the Year. Who else would have been Comeback Player of the Year? I, I, I don't know. Nobody. It, yeah, exactly. That's uh, Miguel Almiron named Newcomer of the Year. Also not surprising. Really. Um, you know what we have for the notes? Year. Yeah, I, Victor I see that. Vasquez fourth with... A question mark and an exclamation point together. I believe that's called an interrobang. Is that the interrobang? Yep. Okay, well, um, got seven interrobangs there. <laughs> um, that just seems absurd to me that 11% of the media vote, or in the, yeah, the media vote, that was the highest of the percentages he got, and... I think he is a very legitimate candidate for MVP this year. I don't... I'm going to play devil's advocate. Nikolic, Golden Boot. Um, Nikolic would have gotten my vote, but... Joseph Martinez plays for Atlanta, so he's uh, in the media's eye at all times. Whatever. I know. It's... it's, it's, Whatever. Uh, Greg Devaney, named Coach of the Year. I... Deserved. Fine. I mean, yeah, I'm fine with that. No. I mean, not, it, it kind not... of. I never liked it when Jay Torrey would get manager of the year as the manager of the Yankees, but sure, whatever. I mean, Toronto's not the Yankees. 69 points in the regular season? Nice, but nice. not the Yankees. Um, I'm just glad it wasn't Tata. He was second. He didn't deserve it. I don't think. I don't know. He, like, almost killed his players at the end of the season. Yeah. Like, he ran them into the ground. You can't be coach of the year when you do that. Um, Coaching changes. Your almost namesake is no longer in Portland. Yeah, it's because he spells his name wrong. Caleb Porter is out. uh, Rumored to be taking a year off to join FC Cincinnati when they join MLS, if that's happening or not. Um, He did coach at Akron back in the day. Coached uh, Deontre Edlin um, there. But... Who knows what will happen in the next couple years with uh, expansion. Um, I don't even know how to say that name. Uh, Mikhail Stair? Um, I think it's Mikhail Stare. Stare, cool. Named head coach of San Jose. I, I don't speak Swedish. I'm sorry. I, I'm, a, I'm a very bad Minnesotan. I do not speak Swedish. My grandma is 100% Swedish. I should know more. The only Swedish I know I is Bork, Bork, Bork. This podcast is over. I can't believe you said that to me. Um, so Mikhail Stari um, spent quite a bit of time coaching in Sweden, coached in China as well, coached in Greece. Um, he's won a couple of domestic 
titles. Yeah. Um, going to be interesting to see what he does over here. No, don't really too, know too much about him or how he'll change San Jose's system. He's a wild card. Um, so, <laughs> as we mentioned earlier, uh, there were a number of players who um, had their options declined officially out of contract, so on so forth. What names of the jobless are uh, interesting to you, Caleb? Um, just looking at this here, I would I would definitely go after John Kempen, someone to push Bobby for a, a starting spot. Um, Goalkeeper from the LA Galaxy. Really just looked at LA Galaxy's list of released, because they released a ton of people that could be valuable. They've released basically their entire team. I think they are now down to 12 on their roster. <laughs> I would go after Dos Villarreal. Um, yeah, uh, who's by the ex- way, they held on to Dos Dos Santos, but they couldn't hold on to either Villarreal. Yeah, go after both of them, see what happens. Um, I, I'd say just go after Jose. Yeah. Jaime, I'm not a, that high on, but Jose... Th- there might be a package deal. That might be why they left. <sighs> that's a good point. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Um, uh, Teal Bunbury, definitely go after, and Sean Otoli. Yeah, um... Shout out to Notch's favorite uh, one-time Railhawk, Mike Grella, who <laughs> Notch is very, very adamant that we sign Mike Grella this offseason, despite the fact uh, that he's coming off of two knee surgeries in the same year. Um, another couple of names uh, defensively, Chris Duvall, Loon Legend, uh, is available. Uh, he is apparently... In negotiations with Montreal for a new contract, um, I would be happy to bring in either Chris Schuler, Chris Wingert, um, uh, Sarkody from San Jose. Sarkody uh, would be a good choice. Um, or, as far as the New Yorkers, R.J. Allen, um, Brandon Allen's brother. <laughs> I mean, Not only that's that, awkward. <laughs> but he's he's also a halfway decent defender. Um, good depth type uh, yeah. would also be available. Uh, really, with the, the re-entry draft and just MLS players in general that are leaving. At, as, at Minnesota, you really want domestic depth and fringe starters. Yeah. So no one takes up an international spot. They have uh, experience in MLS, and they can fill a role. That's what you want out of these guys. Exactly. And I think especially as Minnesota looks towards filling out quite a bit of their roster, they probably will be looking towards some international talent I think they do need starter-level domestic talent just because they're short on international spots. But um, re-entry draft, look for at least... Don't be surprised if Minnesota takes somebody out of the re-entry draft. Yeah, it would, I'd, with this list, it'd be dumb for them not to. Exactly. Yeah. So um, one final quick note... Um, Orlando goalkeeper Mason Stajahar uh, was diagnosed with bone cancer over the last couple of weeks. Um, thoughts go out to him. Um, hasn't really uh, been able to crack the first team yet. Um, yeah. Uh... Awkward pause. <laughs> Leave it in. Um, <laughs> with that, um, let us take a quick break um, once we come back. Uh, We're going to be talking the rest of the U.S. soccer scene as well as the goings-on around the world. 
So I looked it up, and it's no wonder that Jome got cut. And I'm not sure if he's going to find anywhere else to go, because really no one likes him. Why? Because he's 23, and no one likes you when you're 23. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> was that worth me not telling you during the break? Was that worth it? Yes, okay, yes good. that totally was. That okay, totally was. Okay, good. <laughs> I Here I thought that it was going to be something really, really terrible about Ish Jome, but like wow. Like Miguel Tejada it, that uh, baseball player who was actually... Was using a fake name and a fake birth certificate? No, that was um. It was, it was Tejada. I'm pretty sure. No, that was the Indians pitcher uh, Fausto Carmona. Okay, Tejada definitely did something with that before that though, where he, uh, he had the same name, but he was definitely like five years older. Yeah, birth certificate yeah. Said. Yeah, Carmona. His real name was like Roberto Heredia or something like that, <laughs> and he was like three years older. So, um, so welcome back to We Call It Soccer. Um, it's Joe is in fact who he says he is which is depending on your outlook on his career maybe not that great but uh speaking of not that great things (laughs) let us move into our next segment the pyramid scheme uh where we talk about the rest of the u.s soccer pyramid one quick note in the in the pyramid and then we'll go to our sub-segment here. Uh, Tim Henderson is out as in the 11 head coach. Breaking Not a big surprise. because it happened today. Not a big surprise with yeah. their performance. They were expected to be one of the better, better teams this year and really kind of didn't have a great year at all. Yeah, definitely a disappointment for sure. Um, with that, it is time for our sub-segment, NASL Mugen 2017. What, what, what happened this week? Is this, is this a new weekly segment that we should have every At single week? At this point, it probably should Jeez. be a new weekly segment. Um, so the big news that happened in the lower leagues, two teams are no longer going to be in NASL next year and are actually more likely not going to exist at all. Uh, San Francisco Deltas officially announced that they were folding operations. Not a shock to anyone, really. Um, this had been rumored for a while, and they just kind of confirmed everyone's rumors. Yeah, back in the summer, um, there was the strange open letter from the club's owner, for fans to bring their friends out to a game because they desperately needed the attendance. Um, things definitely did pick up once they apparently started slashing ticket prices and giving away free merch. Um, Which is a ended- great sign. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a wonderful sign for the health of your club. <laughs> um, but they were able to, quote-unquote, sell out the NASL championship. Um, so... Kudos to them for that. Unfortunately, um, NASL is looking into some sort of option to continue in 2018. Um, watch this space. Yeah. I guess. Uh, um, the bigger shock to me, at least that they're uh, fully folding operations, is that FC Edmonton uh, won't exist after this year. Yeah, it was expected that they would move on to the incoming Canadian Premier League and they they're just folding outright, which is sad to see. They're one of the uh, mainstays of the NASL as I knew it, and to see them go, um, it's just not 
it's just not fun to see teams fold like this. Um, their academy will remain, yes. which is which is a good thing. Definitely, they can develop young players at Edmonton. Maybe in the future, that will lead to a team, a, pro- a professional team at Edmonton again. Yeah, the one thing that I can definitely credit uh, the ownership group, uh, the Fath brothers were uh, really steadfast with a team that just wasn't getting people into the stands. Unfortunately, you had a lot of things that just didn't necessarily work for them. Um, Maybe some unforced errors as far as when they were scheduling games. Sunday, 2 o'clock, probably not necessarily the marquee time to go and see a soccer game. And NASL was the wrong lead for them, really, especially after Ottawa left. um, Absolutely. Flying all the way to San Francisco or flying all the way to Puerto Rico or Miami or any... Any team south of, you know, North Carolina yeah, is going to be a, a, a just a exhausting and plane ride. Exactly, yeah. Um, hopefully in the future, if they do come back, it'll be in the Canadian Premier League where they don't have to travel as much. I would, I would guess that if there was maybe a little bit smarter business decisions again, um, Stadium had a lot of issues. I think you can do soccer right in Edmonton, and the fan base that they were able to still cultivate was pretty strong. It was you know two thousand twenty five hundred of the you know basically the same people who were diehards going to every single game. So hopefully they can make something work in the future. Um, we are gonna skip over our segment where we dive down into the sewer because there's nothing down there this week those turtles are moving very slowly <laughs> yours is better um we said we're gonna move over I did to a good joke for once <laughs> that wasn't about dicks or anything else we have to cut out wait we <laughs> cut out the dick jokes uh, i'm talking about like the northern irish jokes oh do we cut that I don't listen. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> uh, so let's move over to, over to Jolly Old England. Our sediment, the pub. In the pub, we're going to... The Dull Despair. Ha 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 Yeah. Yeah, I know it's on the nose, but it, it's really hard to come up with a pub every single week. Anyway, let's just move on so Colin will stop laughing. North London Derby, Colin. Oh, God, that was nice. That was so, so nice. Arsenal win 2-0 over Tottenham. And I got to give Arsenal credit. Not only did they bring in a new chief scout from Dortmund, they brought in a new chief negotiator from Barcelona. They also brought in a chief referee in Mike Dean. That is probably the biggest transfer of the season. I, I... I credit him at least for the Sanchez goal. I really, I'm not that much a believer that this game would have flipped too much had it been for somebody else refereeing. It, just that Tottenham didn't look like they had the the guts to actually, you know. It was a very Spursy performance by them. Yeah, and. So that was from a couple weeks ago because we didn't record last week. I know. We, um, it doesn't do a I'm whole lot better for I'm just that excited Spurs. about it. Yeah. Um, they also, uh, just today, lost 2-1 against Leicester. 
two Tottenham losses in one podcast. Oh, this is like this is the best podcast we've ever had. I'm sorry, Notch. I'm sorry that you weren't able to see this, but this is fantastic. Yeah, and, and Leicester thor- thoroughly deserved the win. A brilliant chip by Jimmy Vardy and the the damn winner from Mares. What year is it? Um, somehow it's 2017. <laughs> They're still playing really well. Claude um, Puel has really stabilized Leicester. They've they've regained some of that kind of kind of gritty. We're not a top club sort mm-hmm. of spirit, um, but they've also done it with a little bit more attractive soccer, um, more organized, smarter plays, and it's paying dividends. Tottenham now only has one point in the last three EPL games. They did draw uh, West Brom on the weekend. They did need a 74th minute Harry Kane goal to bring it level. Um, team in crisis even more than Tottenham is Everton. Uh, they lost to Southampton 4-1. to one. They've been up without a... a, a when was Coleman fire, fired? They've been up without a... It's been like five weeks. It's been five like weeks. Um, Unsworth is not getting it done. The U23 coach, who is now the caretaker manager. I I mean, I as a Liverpool fan, I love to revel in Everton's misery. So um, this is great. They should just never you've, hire a manager. You've again. heard the prevailing rumor that might actually be true. <laughs> the big Sam to big Everton. Big Sam to Everton. That's, even, that's almost even better. Although they, they will stay up then. But, nah. I mean, it, it reminds me of that... There was that commercial that they had before the Michigan-Ohio State college football game about how important it is that you you have your rival so you can be really angry at them for that one day per year. I I kind of feel like as happy as I would be about Tottenham going down, it would just be weirdly empty to not have a North London derby. I mean... As a Liverpool fan, I, I I I feel like Manchester United is a more competitive rivalry, or at least a bitter rivalry. Because when we beat them, it's like, oh yes, we beat Manchester United. When we beat Everton, like, oh, we're supposed good. We beat Everton. We're supposed to do that. Yeah, uh, it's but, more like that. But and I if, mean, like for me, you know, starting out as an Arsenal fan, I thought that Chelsea were rivals because I became a fan in like two thousand five mm-hmm. thereabouts. So Chelsea was very much in the ascendancy. They were the other London team. I thought they were the team that we're supposed to hate. The more that I've been indoctrinated into the faith, the more I've (laughs) come to realize that Tottenham are the sworn enemy. So fandom is weird, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I... Fuck it. Everything can go down. I I would be happy with that. I don't know. Dance on their They're, grave. Exactly. Which apparently is going to include a new 50,000 seat stadium. <laughs> Oops. Womp womp. <laughs> um, what did Liverpool do this week? Uh, they uh, tied Chelsea, the team we're talking about in that little conversation. Uh, 1-1. Uh, Mo Salah is now the leading store in the Premier League. Uh, fastest Liverpool play. Well, Tied with for the fastest to ten Premier League goals. Can you guess who is he's who is tied with? Who? Daniel Sturridge. Wow. Yeah. I I thought you would have said Suarez. That's what I thought it was going to be too. But thirteen yeah. games, ten goals. 
um, for Mo Salah. So far for me, the sign of the season. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, since we have a few moments, uh, let's just kind of gather our thoughts about the uh, start of this EPL season. Um, 13, 14 games in, third of the way. Any surprises for you so far? I think um, tail two teams, uh, Burnley and Everton. Burnley, they, they, I think people had them switched on their uh, preview or predictions. Um, Burnley is now on the top half of the table, flirting with those Euro League spots. Um, Sean Dyche has done a wonderful job with their team. And then Everton, uh, all these huge signings, Sigurdsson, Rooney. Um, just nothing just nothing worked out for them. Yeah. And um, too many yeah, too many big signings. Everyone thought they would make the jump into the top six, maybe even to top four. But it's just fallen apart. And with this run of games without a coach, it hasn't gotten any better. Right. Um, I think my story... It definitely has to be the Manchester teams. Yeah. I know it's it's trite to say, but Man City are fucking amazing. They're really fun to watch, too. They are a joy to behold, just scoring for fun. 42-8 to eight is their goals for and against so far on the season. Um, and then Man United, Jose, has them scoring pretty well. And also defending well. Um, they also have only let in eight goals, um, 32 for them on the season. The Manchester Derby this year is either going to be a, one of the best games all season or even in the past, in recent memory, Premier League, or is it going to be a nil nil drab draw? It's going to be a nil nil terrible garbage game. <laughs> don't, we, don't rob this of us, Jose. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's just, it's going to happen. There's no way that it ends up good i hope you saying that changes that so it'll be like a 5-4 if that's the case i'll i'll have it on my dvr i'm not gonna watch it live because i know that if i do it's gonna be just complete <laughs> utter sadness so if you if you see colin watching the manchester derby at your local uh public house please tackle him or turn away from the tv nicely hey i mean i've been staying out of the public houses lately oh yeah that's right yeah i this is a very quick sidebar because, again, we surprisingly for two weeks of news, there's not a whole lot to go over in terms of really crazy stuff this week. So um, I did want to mention uh, this interesting thing that I've been doing, uh, which is not drinking. It's weird. I don't I, understand I, it. I don't know how to podcast without a beer in my hand. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, I was told by my doctor to take a month off, um, just kind of reset myself and um, also make sure that my internal organs have a little bit of a break. Um, Those are important. Yeah, I've heard. yeah. Surprisingly enough, you need your internal organs to function. <laughs> um, but it, it did kind of bring into pretty sharp relief for me not just with soccer, but also with, you know, the rest of life as a late 20-something. So much of my social life, the events that I go to, are things that are either 
directly related to alcohol or at least alcohol adjacent. Like, drinking is just a part of so much stuff when you're in your 20s. Mm-hmm. So it is, it, it's been weird to go into all of these social events. Like, I've had a lot of Trivia Mafia gigs lately, and, you know, I get paid with a bar tab that I have to use on, like, tonic water and lime. <laughs> which is, it's delicious, but still and like i go home usually i'd you know have a couple of beers and just you know watch sports or something and i'm drinking like herbal tea interesting yeah so <laughs> so are you gonna once the doctor gives you the okay are you gonna continue with this whole not drinking thing no no <laughs> it's 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 you didn't not even think about that no and i think the other thing that I've missed it just as a, I enjoy the substance rather than the feeling. Okay. You, had, you actually enjoy the taste of yeah. beer and alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, I think, has, it's it's come through for me that I don't, I don't miss it from a psychological, physiological way. Like, I cold turkey i went off and didn't have cravings i didn't have like the shakes or something i was just like you know beer tastes better than iced tea and that is a fact that is a stone cold that is not a hot take at all everyone agrees to that that is that is a refreshingly cold take so speaking of beer let's move on to our next segment uh they don't call soccer and bright it's some do though with the birthplace of beer to Germany, to Germany. In the Bundesliga, um, probably the best derby game we, we'll see this year. Probably <laughs> um, the best derby <laughs> game I have ever seen. Um, and I actually did watch this one live. Dortmund v. Schalke ended 4-4. <laughs> that's just amazing. Just Without even the storyline, just so, seeing that score is... Uh, uh, what, what happened? Is, so... Dortmund were up 4-0 after, I believe, 30 minutes, thereabouts. Like, I know it was 4-0 at halftime. It felt as though they scored all four of their goals in, like, a five-minute span of just complete annihilation. (laughs) This was the Dortmund that we all thought we were going to see this year. Incredibly fun to watch. Just poetry in motion beautiful stuff um christian pulisic strangely playing as a right wing back okay that seems a little off so if you knew that there was something off with dortmund you would perhaps think to yourself how is this going to end with dortmund looking this great turns out Dortmund can fall apart as quickly as they come together. Ah, the Liverpool effect. Yes. <laughs> Decidedly so. Um, Schalke just came back to life at halftime, um, pulled one back, and then Pierre-Emerick Barack Obama Yang got <laughs> sent off for a second yellow, and all hell broke loose following that. Somehow, some way. Schalke clawed it to a, a 4-4. Uh, 
very much looked like they were going to score the winner in seven minutes of extra time. Jeez. Absolutely bonkers game. Go and find some way to watch it if you have not seen it yet. Just don't necessarily look for fantastic performances from the vaunted young Americans that are on those teams. Um, there's actually a very blurry picture of the 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 shot to the locker room door and uh, a minute, uh, probably three foot four uh, bunny walking out with a bottle that says Michael Secret stuff on it. So I don't know what happened in there. <laughs> we can't make any conclusions, but that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if you were old enough to remember this. They actually sold Michael's Secret stuff as like this weird like blue candy powder. I don't think I had when. that. They sold it in like that weird spray bottle from, I from vague, the movie. I barely remember seeing the... I'm pretty sure I saw Space Jam in theaters with a couple of my friends and our moms. That is... Definitely worthy of a high five. Yeah. Um, it, it was disgusting. And it <laughs> did not enhance my performance at all. You were let down by Michael. I just... believed I could fly after having it. <laughs> and then I jumped and I could not fly. <laughs> oh, no. Most of all, the other... Turns uh... out that was actually PCP that I had. <laughs> Borussia Mgladbach tips Fedora beats Bayern Munich 2-1. Handball by Nicholas Schula converted for um, penalty by Thorgan Hazard. Ginter gets the game winner, and he had both Aryan Robin and Thiago out with injuries. Uh, Ginter has his third goal in the Bundesliga this year. He's a former uh, Borussia Dortmund player, moved over to Mgladbach in the offseason. Young defender. Who has a lot of promise? Let's move on to Lead Un, where PSG beat Monaco two to one. Uh, Giovanni probably and, the only game that you'll need to watch in League Un. I did see um, a graphic. I think it was before this weekend, but it's, I'm sure it's true afterwards. Since uh, Leon won five nothing, um, Leon's front three uh, are outstoring uh, PSG's front three in Lead Un. That Which is actually is, surprising. Yeah. Particularly given that Arsenal signed Lacazette this year. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, and I can only name one of the, PS, the Leon players in the front three, and that's Memphis Depay. Um, but those three outs are outstoring uh, Mbappe, Neymar, and Cavani this year in Lidon. Also, one thing to know about Lidon, um, uh, Nice, who had a good year last year, and I think they're in top four, are in the relegation zone. So that's fun. <laughs> womp, womp. That uh, one game to talk about in La Liga, um, and not a whole lot in exciting matchups in the past couple of weeks here. Um, Valencia tied Barcelona 1-1, and did result for Valencia, but Barcelona had a goal robbed. Leo Messi had a goal, a ball that did definitely cross the goal line. Absolutely did. Everyone saw it except for the assistant referee and the center ref. Kind of and, the two important ones. Yeah. Just just going to throw just, this out there. If everybody except for the AR and the center ref see it, did it actually happen? I guess not. Um, I did see a video on here while we're taking notes on Twitter where uh, 
if Jordi Alba would have stayed in this spot and kept running towards goal, he wouldn't have the rebound and stored it. But instead, he went off to celebrate with Messi. So he did play didn't to get the to. whistle. Yeah. play <laughs> to the whistle even when it's Messi scoring. <laughs> so I gotta be honest. If Messi scored a goal in front of me, I would be like losing my shit. Regardless, yeah. Of... I mean, I know the goal story. It's just a yellow card. They take their shirt off, but if Messi scored on my team. I would definitely take my shirt off too. I'd probably yellow? take my pants off if that happened. <laughs> That's how good it was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, um, he beat five good players off the dribble. No. Nah! That was me taking all my clothes off at one fell swoop while celebrating. No, not just Clean edit up that on out. aisle thirteen. Let's go to Liga MX um, as the Apertura semifinals have been. This are the matchups are out are set. First legs will be this week. Um, they might have already happened by the time you listen to this. We'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if Notch even lets us uh, release this. Um, Club America. <laughs> going up against Tigres, and then you got Menarcas uh, going up against top-seeded Monterrey. Um, I haven't been following Liga MX as much as I wanted to this year. Same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, there's some games in Univision Deportes on Facebook Live that I, I think I've caught three all year, which I I want to, I want to catch more. Yeah, they've, that's, yeah. they've been entertaining, so um, go and check those out if you can. Um, as far as quick Champions League updates, um, you've got knockout round berths secured for PSG, Barcelona, Chelsea, Man City, Real Madrid, Tottenham, and Besiktas. <laughs> um, so good work for them. Most of those teams, right, Colin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll admit it. Tottenham did good work in the Champions League. Yeah, they did beat real madrid yeah so that's pretty awesome yeah i mean that's that's good for a, a team that's behind arsenal in the premier league standing let's know you're not better at all mind the gap <laughs> let's move on to our final segment of the, of the evening or whenever you're listening to this uh we're recording this in the evening so or in the morning or afternoon whatever uh the Reynolds wrap up with Colin O'Donnell time yeah. is a flat circle <laughs> where Colin Tate's a conspiracy theory you're thinking about and flushes it out for you. Colin. So, as we mentioned in the previous episode, um, there is this conspiracy flying around that NASL has been infiltrated by a number of rogue plant owners that are basically trying to sink the league. Um, I've looked into this even further after I, of course gave this story to Eric Quinalda, who ran with it very nicely, very nicely. <laughs> However, I, I found out an even more insidious issue going on. Um, and not only are there rogue plant owners, there's possibly plants that are coming within the really strong, upstanding NASL owners that want to see this league succeed. Okay. So, I was reading the New York Times. I, I don't know why. I, I tried failing, to, failing New York Times. Failing New York Times. Anyway, so I was reading. <laughs> I was reading the Times, and I came across the uh, weddings and engagements section. Right now, you know this is always a fantastic, fantastic section. Um, one really struck me, however. Um, 
Do you know that Rocco Camiso's son is getting married? I did not know that. Is his his is his name also Rocco? Yeah, it, it's Rocco. Like it's actually like spelled out. I think there's an... there's a hyphen between the C and the O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not quite Rocco Junior because Rocco didn't have the foresight to make sure his parents added that hyphen. But in any case, um, so so Rocco Camiso is getting married soon. I have figured out. Guess who he's getting married to? Ooh, this is um. No, I I wouldn't be able to guess it. Is it a British princess? Not quite. Okay. Yet, however, it is the sister of Meghan Markle. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Fantastic I, for I, her. I see what? Yeah. Okay. However. Yeah. However. Here's the issue. This sister is going to have a almost direct line to the royalty that also just so happens to officially oversee the English FA. Do we know who the royal family supports? As far as teams or? Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. The English FA is very strongly aligned with... USSF. No. I know. There are strong, strong links that have built up over the century or so. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I'm fairly certain that the English FA is going to be used as a conduit of anti-NASL support from USSF. The reason for this? Or the way that this is going to happen. So, Markle's sister is going to be getting some extra funds for this wedding from Prince William. Okay. Basically, the brother-in-law-in-law. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. Okay. So, these funds are going to go to her. They're going to pay for this lavish wedding, possibly a condo in a Soho hotel that now remains nameless. Um, and they're also going to drive Rocco Camiso to try and wrest more control of the cosmos from his father. In turn, he is going to drive the cosmos brand completely into the ground to the point where Soccer United Marketing is actually able to spend $5 million to fully kill the Cosmos. All of this is going to happen because of those payments that are going to Rocco Camiso's betrothed to be. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Congratulations! <laughs> they are registered at Williams Sonoma <laughs> and with... Every fine aluminum manufacturer. <laughs> so with that, with that bombshell, uh, let us call it an evening. Uh, where can they find you on Twitter, uh, Caleb? They can find me at kolson716. I'm also a writer for 55.1. Uh, thanks to Tectonics for the use of our, our, their song, uh, Lustless, as our theme song. Um, rumor is they'll be dropping a new EP soon, so be on the lookout for that. 
definitely do so. You can find me at the attachment. You can also find me um, probably panning for change for beers in hopefully <laughs> three days. Uh, you can find this podcast's usual host, uh, Notch, over at the Twitter handle TWO United Fans. You can also find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are purveyed. Make sure that you rate us on iTunes if you get the chance and recommend this to your friends because more people listening means more of us feeling awkward about you listening. Let us bid you adieu. With that, have a good rest of your week. Enjoy those MLS second legs. To feed me with your bitter lies, masquerades and